Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I have another solo episode for you today. And I'm talking about one of my favorite topics, (laughs) which is minerals. And I love minerals just because I feel like they really, truly changed my health. And I've been on this health journey for many years now, but this is the one thing where I really think a lot of things changed for me. I think the biggest one was probably fatigue and just my energy issues. I went through a phase where I feel like I just kind of like crashed and burned. Like I was really burned out. And, you know, I was always somebody that was kind of a morning person and I just felt like I couldn't get myself out of bed. It just took so much effort to get up in the morning. I was hitting my alarm multiple times. And once I got up, I actually felt kind of like nauseous first thing in the morning. And that was new. That was a new symptom and something I struggled with for many, many months. But I just feel like at that point in my health journey, it was kind of the lowest point. And I just I found minerals at the right time, essentially. So I found mineral testing through the HTMA. I also did the root cause protocol certification, which was great. But there were so many things that happened during that time where I just attribute it to minerals and changing my diet and really focusing my attention on foods that nourished my body. It was not about eating low calorie all the time and eating all these processed diet foods. I mean, I used to eat light and fit yogurt with Kashi cereal. I used to crush Quest bars. I used to consume all these plant-based protein powders, just so much fake stuff. I remember I was eating these plant-based eggs at one point, like, ew. (laughs) (laughs) not shaming anybody. If you like that stuff, great. I would just encourage you to read the ingredients because most of them are not great. But anyways, I, I don't doubt that eating that way or eating in a very low calorie diet minded way depleted my body. I, I don't doubt that's why I was super duper exhausted all the time and in a bad mood and had energy swings and mood swings. And my metabolism was a mess. I mean, I gained probably a good 15, maybe even upwards towards 20 pounds just before I turned 40 years old. Um, Ringing in my 40th birthday was not great. I mean, I've talked about this on previous episodes, but a photo had popped up and just looking at a photo from my 40th birthday, I don't even know who that person was. I just looked so unhealthy, so unhappy. I had gained so much weight. I have no muscle definition on my body. Even my skin just looks saggy and tired and just not healthy. And yeah, looking back at my 40th birthday, my thyroid was a mess. My metabolism was a mess. And starting to consume more whole foods that were packed with nutrients and minerals 
so many things change for me. I mean, I feel so much better nowadays. I have energy. I don't drag myself out of bed every single morning. I was able to lose weight. My thyroid is in a good place now. All of my hormone stuff has worked itself out. So I just love minerals. Oh, and blood sugar. Blood sugar was a huge thing. I was waking up in the middle of the night with low blood sugar. I was eating bowls of cereal in the middle of the night because I was so hungry because of low blood sugar. I was crashing on the couch after workouts because I was just so exhausted from the high intensity orange theory or CrossFit or running or whatever I was doing. So just so, so many things changed for me. Once I started eating in a different way. So I think back in my diet over exercise days, and that's another thing to add here, is that doing too much exercise is going to stress out your body. And when your body is stressed, you are going to lose important minerals, especially electrolytes. And when your body becomes low in sodium and potassium in particular, it can impact your metabolism. And I see this again and again on our clients' tests. And the ones that struggle with weight loss or weight loss resistance, they I, I see low potassium and low sodium all the time. And minerals, especially electrolytes, are literally the spark of our cells. Like we need these for our body to work properly. We need them as far as our metabolism working properly. So it's really important to get, get these minerals into our diet. And yeah, once I started approaching food differently, it made such a difference because if you think about diet food, low calorie foods, a lot of times it's super duper processed. It's devoid of all nutrients and minerals and it's low calorie. So you're probably under eating in some aspect too, or under consuming what your body actually needs. And that was me for so many years. And then add some overexercise to that, add a chronic GI issue where I'm not able to absorb things as well as I could. Yeah, I was a hot mess. And I don't doubt that's why some of my darkest days were around when I turned 40. And yeah, nowadays, so much healthier. I mean, I prioritize whole foods. I eat a decent amount of red meat, ground beef, chicken, fish. I eat eggs every single day, a ton of squash and beans and rice and fruit, and just really, really nourishing foods that I think in the past I probably would have avoided just because they were too high in calories or too high in fat or too high in carbs. And I don't think that way anymore. I really see food as fuel and I see it as nourishment and do my best as far as getting all sorts of minerals in my diet and plenty of protein. So that's a little background on where I'm coming from. And if you've heard me talk about minerals, you might think it's kind of cool. I think minerals are very, very cool, but it also might seem a little bit overwhelming. Like what? Minerals? Why? What is the deal with minerals? And if you actually think about it, it's quite simple and it's quite foundational in the sense that yeah, you're just picking more nourishing foods when it comes to your diet. So instead of consuming Quest bars, you're consuming potatoes and chicken and squashes and fruit and just healthy, nourishing foods. It's going to make such a difference as far as how you feel every single day. And that's the thing. Minerals are the foundation and the minerals drive the enzymes that drive our hormones. So if you're suffering from hormonal imbalance in this weird perimenopause phase of life, a lot of times we can backtrack it to the minerals. So 
I wanted to share today just some simple starts for your mineral journey. And essentially, these are things that you can start today, you can implement today. And these are kind of the go-to things that we recommend to our clients, our one-on-one clients, as well as the Fit and Fuel ladies. And this is for the most part, what most women need. Of course, this is a very blanket statement. The best way to really know what's going on in your body is to run a mineral test and see what your body needs as far as minerals goes. But, you know, just looking at hundreds, I mean, even thousands of tests at this point, these are kind of the patterns that we see again and again and where we see a lot of those deficiencies. And a lot of times it is from dieting, under eating, eating processed food, not prioritizing nourishing foods. It just leaves a lot of us depleted and frankly, exhausted. So I'm going to talk about six things that you can do to jumpstart your mineral journey. So um, I'll just go through the list real quick, um, one through six, and then I'll expand on them a little bit more. I mean, I could talk about minerals all day, so I'll try to get to the point and stick to the bullet points because I really could talk about minerals all day. They're so fascinating and just how they interact with each other and how they affect each other and how they affect the body. I just love minerals. Anyways, so these are the six things. So number one is supporting your adrenals. This is obviously very, very important because we all live kind of a stressed out life where we're just under chronic stress all day long. And then you add in a job, parenting, exercise, your body is just stressed out. So you obviously need to support your adrenal glands. Number two on my list is your daily habits. Like things that you do every single day matter. And I'm going to talk about some of those things because I think a lot of us are like chickens with their heads cut off running around all day long. Like we wake up, hit the ground running and don't stop until our heads hit the pillow. So just want to talk about a few things to consider to give yourself a little space and time and maybe some self-care because it's important when you're stressed, you are going to lose minerals. Um, number three on my list here is prioritizing potassium. I just see so many tests with potassium in the garbage, like literally on people's tests, it's like a one. <laughs> and potassium needs are pretty high. I mean, ideally we're getting, you know, 46 to 4,800 milligrams of potassium per day. And if you've ever tracked your food and tracked your potassium, most of us get nowhere near that. I mean, I heard a stat 98% of us don't get enough potassium in our diets and I don't doubt it. It's kind of hard if you don't plan for it or prioritize those foods. And if you don't get enough potassium, you could potentially have thyroid issues. You could have blood sugar issues, energy issues, weight issues, um, GI issues. So there's a lot of reasons to make sure you're getting enough potassium. And that's just a recommendation for most of our clients. Like I rarely see anybody that has a good potassium level on their test. Uh, Number four on my list is supporting your digestion. Obviously, if you have GI issues, you're not going to be able to absorb minerals and nutrients and amino acids from protein as well as you could. So you could eat all the healthy food in the world, all the perfect organic grass-fed food, but if your body's not able to digest digest it or you have issues with digestion, it's just not going to be optimal. Uh, Number five on my list is using topical magnesium. I know everybody's talking about supplementing with magnesium. You got to take your magnesium every day. Um, And it's not always the best or the first thing that I would recommend somebody. And I'll talk about why, because, well, the cliff notes are 
Magnesium's great. We need it for thousands of processes in the body. We constantly are losing it, especially if you're stressed out, exercising on the regular. But you actually need decent levels of sodium and potassium because if you have too much magnesium, it can actually work against you and lower your so sodium and potassium. And when I was talking about metabolism in the beginning, most of us need more sodium and potassium to help boost our metabolism. So um, sometimes supplementing with a ton of magnesium might not actually be the thing to do, but a topical approach to magnesium might actually be better. So I'll give you guys a few more details about that. And then number six on my list is simply consistency, because, you know, if you run a mineral test, if you start this mineral stuff, a lot of your health issues aren't just going to change overnight. You need to keep doing these things. You need to keep doing them for six months, for a year, two years, three years, four years. I mean, the longer you're consistent, the better results you're going to get. And I think a lot of times people think, oh, I'll add in a magnesium supplement and a month later, I don't feel any better. And it just hasn't been enough time and you probably need more sodium and potassium in your life. Um, but the consistency piece is really important. And of course, with minerals, I don't think supplements, supplements are helpful, but really your diet needs to change. Your diet needs to change and your lifestyle in the sense that you need to reduce stress. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in detail, but those are the simple starts I'm going to talk about today. And these six things, if you get started on those today, I swear you will start to feel better. I mean, minerals are magical in that way. All right. So let's start with adrenals, how to support your adrenals. And I have a few ways to do that. I have three ways, actually, or three things to consider when you're thinking about your adrenal glands. And, you know, our adrenal glands, they're important because um, when we are stressed out, we need to be able to replenish them and to make sure, you know, we are managing our stress on the regular. So I think number one on my list, as far as making sure you are properly supporting your adrenals, is making sure you're eating enough food. And this is key. I think most women, not most women, some women, especially women who are trying to lose weight, are consistent consistently eating below their total daily energy expenditure. And that's essentially your maintenance calories. So if you have never calculated your maintenance calories, that's probably where I would start. And for 90% of the women we work with, that number is way higher than what they are currently consuming. And of course, a lot of this starts with food. If your body is under fueled, it's going to be stressful on the body. And if you have been dieting for many years, your whole life, I don't doubt that your body is super stressed and super depleted when it comes to nourishment and minerals. And we actually see this four lows pattern all the time on mineral tests. And it's from women who have spent most of their life doing these restrictive diets um, in the sense that restrictive in the sense that they are low calorie or they're not above maintenance. I feel like I see this like 1500 calories a lot. I know we, a lot of us know that you shouldn't eat 1200 calories, but there's also this like 1400, 1500 calorie range that I think a lot of women get stuck in. And that is not enough food for most active women. I mean, I think most of us should be eating 2000 calories or more. And I know that probably scares a lot of people, but if you're really struggling with your health, you have no energy, you can't lose weight, maybe instead of eating less, you actually start consuming more. So if you need to calculate your maintenance calories or get an idea, there's an online calculator. I think it's called TDEE calculator.net or something like that. It's super basic, um, but it will give you an idea where your maintenance calories should be. And for a lot of women, it's 
typically a lot higher than they think. Um, a simple calculation that we do with the Fit and Fueled Ladies is you take your body weight in pounds, multiply it by 13, and then take your body weight in pounds and multiply it by 16. And that kind of gives you a range of where you might be for your maintenance calories. So those are two options just to figure out how much you should be eating. And then of course, you know, starting to eat more. It makes such a difference for how you feel. I mean, I hear it all the time that women say they have more energy, they're in a better mood, they don't have as many cravings or sleeping through the night. It's just magical when you eat enough food. And then of course, you know, being mindful of your macros in the sense that you're getting enough protein, carbohydrates, and fat. And I think carbs and fat have been demonized again and again. I think protein's the only thing that we're all, we all kind of agree on. Um, but just getting enough protein per day, I often tell clients to start with 100 grams per day, do that consistently, and then work your way up to you know one times your body weight or something close to that. Um, I don't think all of us need that much protein. I really think it kind of depends on your energy needs and how much you're exercising and whatnot. And then really just experimenting with carbohydrates and fat. I mean, everybody you know, enjoys these macronutrients differently, prefers them, needs them differently. So it's hard to make general recommendations there, but try it out. You know, try a high, high carb meal, see how you feel. Try a high fat meal, see how you feel. Make sure there's protein in both of them. And then honestly, like keep a food journal um, or a food and mood journal. I think that could be really helpful too, where you are tracking your food, but then also tracking how you feel after you eat those meals. So, you know, about 90 minutes later, write down, like, do you have energy? Do you feel exhausted? Are you hungry again? Um, but just helping you determine like how much you're eating and the types of foods that you're eating and how it affects you. So um, just a few things to think about there. And then finally, just making sure your blood sugar is balanced throughout the day. All these things are so important for just supporting your body, making sure it's not super duper stressed out, supporting those adrenals. Um, but some key things as far as balancing blood sugar goes, um, eating breakfast. I think that's a huge one. I can't tell you how many women skip breakfast or say they're not hungry in the morning. And I often think when ladies tell me they're not hungry, there's probably something going on with their metabolism or their stress hormones. So I always tell them eat something in the morning. It might not be like a full on meal to start, but have something, even like a small smoothie or a yogurt or some fruit or a protein shake, just something low key first thing in the morning and do that for a few weeks, a few months, and then slowly increase that size, that portion size to like a full on breakfast. Um, but I think you just have to kind of force yourself to do it for a little bit, but you know, not eating till noon or later, it's just not great as far as your blood sugar and your adrenals go. Um, of course, prioritizing protein-rich foods. I think that is really helpful as far as keeping your blood sugar balanced. So eating every three, four, five hours and making sure protein is in all of your meals, all of your snacks, and, you know, making sure you're getting good quality sources. Also, fiber is really important um, as far as blood sugar goes. It kind of slows down that digestion process a little bit. So fruits and veggies, fruits and roots, as we say, beans, lentils, seeds, nuts. There's so many great options of fiber, but just paying attention and making sure you're getting enough per day. A lot of times we start clients with 25 grams per day, but you know, feel it out. You don't need to go from eating seven grams of fiber per day to 25 grams per day because yeah, it might cause a little GI distress if you do it quickly, but just add a little bit more each week. 
And then finally, just eat consistently throughout the day. Avoid skipping meals. I, I can't tell you how many women are just too busy to eat. Um, a lot of times you just have to prioritize yourself and prioritize 20 minutes to, to eat your lunch or fit in a snack or, you know, just have a little something to keep you going. Because yeah, if you're skipping meals, you're not eating enough, your body is going to be stressed out. You're not going to be able to get what you need as far as minerals and nourishment goes. Next on my list are your daily habits. And I know this could be like a little eye-rolly because I think we all know that we probably need to be a little bit more consistent with our habits, you know, work on changing some behaviors that we know might not be the best. Um, but just a few questions that ask yourself just to look at your day. Um, we actually added a day in the life stress assessment to our intake forms just to give our clients a better look at how they are living their life from day to day. It's also information for us as coaches, but I think a lot of us don't realize how much stress we're under from day to day. Or maybe we do know, but we just don't realize how much that stress is affecting us. But, you know, question number one is how do you start your day? I mean, do you hit the ground running and just start doing things? Or do you have a little intention in the morning, you know? Um, I don't know. I remember myself just getting up, checking my phone in bed, reading my emails, you know, seeing all the things that I had to do that day and just having a feeling of dread first thing in the morning. I mean, that's how I started my day for years. And now it's a little bit different. I don't look at my phone until... I don't know, at least until I start making breakfast, like I get up, you know, I feed the dog, take the dog out. Um, I'll do a few things around the house. I'll make Quinn's lunch, but I do a few different things before I even look at my phone. But I think things like that can make such a difference just to how you feel first thing in the morning. Also, like, are you always on the go? I mean, if there's no room for breaks or you're always rushing, that's kind of a red flag as far as your adrenal health goes and how stressed out your body is. I mean, I remember that. I would go from one thing to the next, checking things off my list, just running around like a lunatic the whole day. I mean, literally from when I woke up to when I went to bed. So, you know, just taking a look, you know, where can you ask for help? Where can you say no to things? Where can you put some boundaries around work or social media or whatever else in your life that's stressing you up. Um, how do you eat your meals? I mean, eating your meals without distractions can be a great way to break up your day. And I mean, I mean, distractions more like your phone or the TV or working through lunch, you know, eating with people is great, you know, making connections, you know, enjoying yourself, being social. I think that's great. Or, you know, having your meal in silence, <laughs> just enjoying your food. I think that's great too. But I just think about how I've eaten in the past, how our clients eat. I mean, I made a joke that I'm always standing at my kitchen counter or I'm eating an egg sandwich running out the door. And yeah, there are mornings like that where I am really busy, but are you always eating like that? Are you always eating in the car? Are you always standing up at your kitchen counter? Like, do you actually sit down and chew your food and actually taste your food? Um, I think it just makes such a difference as far as your daily habits and just overall stress levels. Um, what do you do when you go to bed? You know, are you reading before bed? Are you journaling? Are you, you know, enjoying that time before you actually fall to sleep? Or are you literally doing things up until you get into bed? And then when you get in bed, 
your mind doesn't stop thinking about things, or you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about things, to-do lists, worrying nonstop. I mean, there was a point in my life where I felt like I woke up every two hours. I just felt like I didn't sleep. Like the whole night, I was just waking up, waking up, waking up. And yeah, I just feel like I never got a restful night of sleep. So, you know, if you have a bad night of sleep, I feel like everything sucks the next day. So, you know, thinking about what your bedtime routine looks like and how you can enhance it so you actually do get a good night's sleep. And then finally, do get outside. I mean, this is one of those things that I don't think a lot of us realize that we just go from home to office to home. We don't really spend time outside in nature, getting sunlight on our eyeballs and our face. But, you know, just being outside can positively affect our mood, our sleep, our stress, our blood sugar, and so much more. So even spending, you know, 10 to 15 minutes outside a day, I mean, maybe you have your coffee in the morning outside, or you take a little walk or take the dog for a walk. But just spending some time outside can make such a difference. And I know it's hard. I mean, I live in New England, you know, we have short days now, it's a lot of darkness, um, but just doing your best to get outside, maybe even at your lunch break, um, just to get some movement and fresh air can make such a difference in your adrenal health and your just overall stress levels. And next up, I'm going to talk about the adrenal cocktail. You may have heard me talk about this on Instagram. I do feel like it's a very hot thing right now. I feel like there's a lot of confusion about it. So I just wanted to give some detail. And, you know, when you are stressed, our adrenals use vitamin C to make cortisol. So it often needs to be replenished. And the adrenal cocktail has vitamin C in it. It also has that magical sodium and potassium, which can also fight fatigue and low energy levels. And those electrolytes are literally giving you that spark back. So this is a lovely way to replenish all of these things at once. And I do think people get overwhelmed by this idea, but it is so basic and simple and you really can't mess it up. It's basically orange juice, coconut water, and some sea salt. That is it. I mean, there's so many other ways that you can do it. You could do cream of tartare. You could do coconut milk. You could do cranberry juice, pomegranate juice. You can do lemon juice, lime juice. You have so many options, but the basic recipe, orange juice, coconut water, salt. And you don't need to measure it. I mean, if you want to measure it, you can. I just pour some in a glass to my liking, to my taste, and drink it every single day. So it really... It really is so, so basic. Um, I think for most people, you know, starting with a small portion can be a nice place to start because some people really are sensitive to the vitamin C. It can be like a little stimulating for people. And if you have major gut issues or histamine issues or something like that, the vitamin C is not always great. So you could start with a half of the recipe, a quarter of the recipe. I guess technically the recipe is half a cup of orange juice, half a cup of coconut water, and then salt. But you could do a cup of orange juice. You could do a cup of coconut water. You could do uh, one third to two thirds, three quarters to one quarter. It's really up to you and what you like, but you can start small with this. You could even do a quarter of a cup of OJ with a quarter cup of coconut water and some salt in there and just see how you feel. I think in the long term, you know, people are drinking one a day, sometimes two a day, depending on how you feel and how your body responds. I mean, this is a very personal experience. And of course, you know, finding the recipe that works for you. Right now I'm into 
adding lemon juice to my adrenal cocktails just because it gives it like a little kick and it's quite tasty. And then also, if you're somebody that has blood sugar issues, you might not want to consume a ton of orange juice, especially not on an empty stomach. So you can always drink your adrenal cocktail with a meal. Um, I know some people say you should drink it on an empty stomach, but again, do what works for you. This is where you need to listen to your body and not listen to what everybody else is doing. Um, you can also add protein powder to your adrenal cocktail, collagen powder to your adrenal cocktail. You can drink it before, during, or after a workout that will also help with blood sugar spikes. Um, I drink mine during my workouts because during a workout, you are going to increase your blood glucose because you need glucose for your muscles and whatnot. And then after a workout, a lot of times you'll see a dip in your glucose. So this is like a perfect way to get your blood sugar back up and really utilize, you know, the adrenal cocktail for recovery and just feeling your best. So I'm a big, big fan of it. Um, I pretty much drink one every day during my workout and it's a great way to get in some protein as well for recovery. So try it out. Like I said, you can't mess it up. <laughs> Like try it out, try different variations and yeah, just see how your body responds. And it's totally okay to start slow and feel it out. The next thing on my list here is prioritizing potassium. Potassium just has so many benefits for the body and it's especially helpful for regular bowel movements healthy blood sugar levels. I mean, the glucose or potassium helps glucose get into our cells, weight loss, improve thyroid function, better energy, sodium balance. So many great things about potassium. And like I was saying in the beginning, most of us are deficient in it. So a great way to get it in is the adrenal cocktail. Like I said, you know, having one every day can be important. You still need to prioritize potassium rich foods because you can't get nearly all your potassium just from the adrenal cocktail. So other great sources are fruits and roots, as we tell our clients, um, potatoes, tomatoes, different squashes, sweet potatoes, beets, parsnips, um, cooked spinach, Swiss chard, so many options there. I mean, bananas, oh, bananas a fruit, oh, fruit. <laughs> <laughs> bananas. I eat bananas every day. Um, also, you know, if you are somebody that's worried about blood sugar spikes, um, meat and seafood are good options for potassium, beef, chicken, pork, salmon. I think a serving of salmon has upwards of 700 milligrams of potassium, cod, shrimp. Um, there's so many options there. So you just prioritizing protein can make a difference. Different sources of dairy, milk, cottage cheese, yogurt, um, beans and legumes. I eat a ton of beans and lentils. Um, you know, a serving, like a cup serving is anywhere from 400 to 600 milligrams. So those can be heavy hitters for people. And then of course, coconut water, aloe vera juice. Um, both of those are great sources. Um, a cup of coconut water has like 600 milligrams. So big, big, big fan of all those. And potassium is also great for weight loss. And I feel like a lot of people don't realize that it does have a connection to the thyroid. And we do see a lot of wonky thyroid ratios on HTMA tests, which is the mineral test that we run. And a lot of ladies just need more potassium in their lives. I mean, actually consuming 
adequate potassium levels can actually make you feel more satisfied. And a study found that women who consume more potassium eat 49% fewer calories. And I do wonder if your body is just properly nourished that you're not craving sugar or craving salt or something like that. Our, you know, like response to potassium is second only to protein consumption as far as just feeling full and satisfied. So just that alone can be huge as far as weight loss goes, just because you're not craving all of these foods that maybe aren't the best for you. And then, like I mentioned in the beginning, potassium has a significant effect on blood sugar and insulin levels. So potassium actually has an insulin-like effect. So it helps get the blood sugar into our cells. And if glucose can't get into our cells, it just hangs out in the blood, creating high blood sugar levels. So it's really important as far as blood sugar goes. And it makes our cells more sensitive to thyroid hormones. So this is what I was talking about with that thyroid ratio. And if our cells don't have enough thyroid hormone, you may experience low thyroid symptoms such as weight gain, weight loss resistance, fatigue, constipation, feeling cold all the time, brain fog, high cholesterol, dry skin, hair loss, all of these symptoms. And a lot of times you just need more potassium to help the thyroid get to the cells. So um, it can just make such a difference in how you feel and actually help you lose weight. Um, potassium helps boost our energy levels. It's an electrolyte, like I was saying. It gives our cells that spark. And most of the tests that we see, the mineral tests, we just see low potassium again and again. And then potassium also helps build muscle. It's you know a key electrolyte, like I was saying, but it's important in muscle contraction. And it's also important for carrying other nutrients to your muscles. So Building muscle obviously burns more calories, improves your physique, boosts your metabolism. It just plays such an important role in changing your body and losing weight. And then finally, potassium can prevent excess fluid retention. So if you ever feel like really puffy, like your hands feel really puffy, your rings are really tight, you feel like you're carrying a lot of water weight, maybe your face or um, feet or hands are just feeling puffy and swollen. A lot of times it's because there's too much sodium in your diet without a lot of potassium. So the potassium can actually help you or prevent you from retaining too much of that water weight. So potassium is just magical in so many ways, but so, so important as far as losing weight um, and literally feeling, feeling energized and happy. Next up on my list is supporting digestion um, and coming from somebody who has a chronic autoimmune disease. I have ulcerative colitis. Um, this is not always so straightforward just because of my history with this disease. Um, but these are a few things that just about everybody can do that will make a difference as far as your digestion goes. And if you're somebody that struggled with GI issues for a long time, consider doing some of these things. I know a lot of them sound basic and kind of like woo woo. And maybe you think that they won't work. <laughs> because they seem so simple, but they make such a difference. And we recommend these things to our clients all the time, and they always report feeling better or having better digestion. So 
Number one, as far as morning digestion goes, is relaxing before meals. And this is what I was saying about rushing around, eating on the go. I mean, digestion really starts in our brain, like literally thinking about food. But if we're stressed or rushed, this can impact how we digest our food. So, you know, taking some deep breaths before you start eating, laughing with friends or family. You could even sing. singing signals through our body that we're not as stressed to, um, sitting down, you know, not having those distractions can help as far as that whole digestion process goes. And then, like I was saying, eating without distraction. So focusing on your food, really slowing down, enjoying it. Um, being with people can be really great. Again, people are not distractions, but your phone, TV, work, all of those things are distraction because it takes your focus away from your food. And you really should enjoy your food and focus on your food when you are eating. And I know this is very like eye rolly, but I swear it makes a difference. Of course, chewing your food thoroughly. This is a big one. I think a lot of us are just wolfing down our meals at lunchtime, working through lunch. Um, But really you want to chew your baby food to the point of, or chew your baby food, chew your food to the point of baby food before swallowing. So like really, really mashing it up in your mouth before you swallow. Um, But this is really important as far as that brain activity, like helping your body realize that we need to digest the food. Like I was saying, it starts in the brain. Obviously, in your mouth, a lot of things are happening as far as saliva and chewing and all that. Um, But doing your best to really break down that food before you swallow it, because it does give your stomach essentially a jump start as far as breaking that food down. And it can make all the difference as far as how your digestion goes. You can try one to two tea or teaspoons of apple cider vinegar prior to meals. Um, you could start with just a small amount and mixing it in some warm water. Um, I wouldn't drink it straight. They say, you know, it can like break down your teeth or let the enamel on your teeth. Um, But if you mix it with a little bit of water and then just sip it before you eat, it can help as far as just making the stomach a little bit more acidic, kind of jumpstarting, breaking down that food and hopefully leading to better digestion. So just something you could try. And then you can also try digestive bitters prior to meals. So that's something you can do. Um, is it Dr. Shades or Quicksilver? I can't remember the brand, but there is one that I have in my full script uh, dispensary that we recommend to a lot of our clients. Um, A lot of times you can just do a little squirt um, under your tongue, hold it there, kind of swish it around in your mouth before you swallow it. Um, You can also try bitter greens and things like that. Um, Again, you know, talk to your doctor or practitioner before you add something like that in, but most people tolerate it really well. And again, it just jumpstart that jumpstarts that digestion process. But I think some of the other things actually might make more of a difference. But if you do all these things together, your digestion is going to be uh, so much better. And then finally, uh, magnesium. I lean more towards topical magnesium to start with most of our clients. Unless we've read or unless we've run a test on them and they really do need to supplement the magnesium because they have really, really high levels or really, really low levels, um, just kind of depends. But a lot of times 
Most people do better with a topical magnesium for just the reasons I was saying. You also need sodium and potassium to work well with the magnesium because if you have too much magnesium, it can actually lower what you're trying to do with the sodium and potassium. So foods high in magnesium are obviously great sources. Um, You could do Epsom salt baths or foot baths. Like if you don't have time to get in a bath, I mean... I don't have time to get in a bath. I would love to get an Epsom salt bath, but I've probably only done it like once or twice over the years, but you could do a foot bath, you know, just have a little foot bath and put your feet in there. But like while you're watching TV, it could be very relaxing, but throw in some Epsom salts. You can get Epsom salts at CVS, Target, Amazon. You can find them just about anywhere, but they're a great way to get magnesium in. There's magnesium oil sprays. There's magnesium lotions. I personally use a magnesium lotion from LifeFlow. um, And I just use it like any other lotion. It's no different than a body lotion that you would rub rub on your arms or your legs or your hands or anywhere. It's just regular lotion. I mean, the only thing different is that it has magnesium in it that your body can absorb. Um, And yeah, if you're somebody that has GI issues or isn't digesting food properly, um, a topical magnesium could be a good way to get it in. And then finally... Uh, My list here is consistency, which I know is probably the most annoying one to hear. And it's hard to know what is and not working when it comes to nutrition. If we're making so many changes at once and we're not being consistent with them. So I would probably recommend implementing like one or two of these things at a time for at least I don't know, 10 days to two weeks and just see how you feel. Because I think if you add all, if you start doing all these things at once, it's hard to know what's working, what's not working. But I think the slow and steady approach is probably the best approach. I also think it's less overwhelming and I think it's easier to be consistent with. So you can actually see if this is working or not. So I did kind of put these in order of priority. Um, I do think probably supporting your adrenals, looking at your habits. Those two things right off the bat can be really, really helpful as far as just how you feel, restoring energy levels, you know, helping you out as far as just daily fatigue goes. And then maybe moving on to prioritizing potassium rich foods, then supporting your digestion, then adding the magnesium in. And then of course, just being consistent with these things and paying attention to how your body responds. And as I always say, it's never one thing when it comes to this mineral balancing stuff, but I think starting with some of these things can make such a difference. And I know some of them like sound small and maybe not that important, but they really are foundational. And if you are consistent with them, for weeks and months and years at a time, I swear you will feel better. And that's why I like minerals so much. I really do think they just changed my health. I mean, they didn't cure my UC or anything like that, but I can tell you, I feel a whole hell of a lot better energy-wise, mood-wise. I just feel like I'm a generally happy person now. And I think prior to all of this, I really was in a low spot, just really, really negative, didn't want to do anything. Everything sucked. I had gained all this weight. I had to buy new clothes. My skin was breaking out. My hair was falling out. Just nothing was good at that point in my life. And 
not to say it was like just the minerals, but I feel like I found minerals at a time where I really needed to change my focus on restriction and restrictive diets and over-exercise to a much more moderate approach where nourishing my body was key, um, fit and fueled, <laughs> as I say, which is also the inspiration for my group coaching program, but just having a very different approach to my health because it really was do more, you know, work out harder, eat less, you know, it just was all the typical diet culture stuff. And I just got to a point and I was like, this is not working. Let's do something different. And yeah, I started to cut myself some slack. I started to be a lot kinder to myself, especially the way I talked to myself. I gave myself a lot more grace because I think anytime I made a mistake or I slipped up, I was just so hard on myself and I would dwell on it for days and days and days. And I just think in general, women are so hard on themselves. All of us want to be perfect all the time. And if we're not perfect, I just feel like the pendulum swings the other way to having a case of the fuckets. And then we're even more off track with our health. So minerals, I just think were the foundation and maybe the catalyst for just changing my approach to my health. And I can honestly say, way happier, a lot easier on myself, a lot kinder to myself. And I think it just translated to how I approach my nutrition and my fitness and my lifestyle, my habits. And I just think so many things are better because I found this approach to health. So that's my spiel. That's my soapbox. <laughs> I hope some of this information was helpful to you. I hope I didn't overwhelm you. Um, I did feel like I gave you a lot of details, um, but I really, I love minerals. I think this stuff is so fascinating and it's just, it's just been so great as far as my health goes. And I have a wonderful freebie for you that I want to share with you. And it's our women's wellness mineral guide. And some of these simple starts are in there, um, but they're outlined and they give you a little bit more detail. It also talks about some common symptoms of mineral imbalance. So it can help you self-identify if maybe you need more mineral support in your life. Some common symptoms that you might experience if you are really depleted and dealing with these mineral imbalances, um, some risk factors as far as things that contribute to mineral imbalance. There's some recipes in there to get you started, the adrenal cocktails in there. There's some other recipes in there as well. And a lot of our favorite products and resources and things like that that can get you started on this mineral journey. So I'll be sure to include the link in the show notes. All you need to do is enter your name, email address, and we will send it right to your inbox. And it's a lovely little guide and just puts all of this information into a simple guide so you can you know, save it on your computer, print it out. Um, but yeah, just some first steps to get going with minerals, especially if you know, this is the first time you've really ever heard me talk about minerals. Although if you followed me for a while now, you've probably heard tons of mineral talk over the past couple of years. All right, guys, that's all I have for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll see you on the next episode.